Welcome to Season 6, Episode 1 of the Zebra Before and After Podcast. I'm your host, Lane Ball. It's 2024 and we are in a new year and that means we are in a new season of the Zebra Before and After Podcast. There's always something exciting about entering a new year. Most have their New Year's resolutions or their adventurous list of to-dos around the home, like maybe renovating a kitchen or changing up a room in your home with a new look. That, of course, means making those important decisions like what paint color do I choose? Today, we have a paint color expert joining us, and she is going to provide insight for us. Actually, five considerations when choosing paint colors. Our expert is Sarah Besenson of Sarah Besenson Interiors. Sarah does interior design and is also a furniture finisher in New Hampshire. The goal for today is to step into color choice selection with ease and excitement. If you want to tune in to more than the audio, go to enjoyzebra.com and scroll down to podcast under company, then click on the YouTube link provided, or you can go to our YouTube channel called Enjoy Zebra. Stay with us, friends. We have the inspiration, fun, and community that will platform your day. Well, hello, Sarah. How are you? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. It's so good to have you on the podcast, and uh, I'm excited about today's topic because it's an important topic to a lot of people, really everybody. If anybody's ever changed their paint color, it's an important topic. So today we're going to talk about what things to consider when choosing a paint color. And so that, of course, covers rooms in a home to kitchen cabinets to furniture, right? So we're going to talk about that in a minute. But you're in New Hampshire, and I'm a big weather person, so... (laughs) I want to find out uh, what the weather's like there for you today. It is a balmy 25 or so. I went for a walk this morning, but no snow, no snow. But I think we're due for a snowstorm this weekend. Have you guys had a snowfall yet? No, no, we actually haven't. We really? did not have a white Christmas. So no snow yet this winter, but I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. Now, is that unusual for New Hampshire? Sometimes. Sometimes we get hit with a big storm in November. Sometimes it does wait until January. Sometimes we get all our snow in March. We kind of never know. It's just unpredictable. That's it's really the way it is in the South. Um, really, I, you know, I would say it's probably more predictable because it is highly unusual to get snow, at least until January. And then sometimes we don't even get snow. Uh, but everybody's hoping for a snowfall. You know, you mentioned this weekend um, this is the first week of January, and you said you're expecting a snowstorm? That's what I've been predicting. It might change, but Saturday night into Sunday might might have significant snow. We'll see. Yeah. That's interesting because there, we're supposed to get a lot of rain here on Saturday, and it's going to be one of those cold rains, which is almost like borderline where we may get some flurries, but I don't think anything's going to accumulate. Well, hopefully you don't have an ice storm. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the last thing that any of us need. Sarah, you are currently refinishing furniture. Um, how many years now? Well, oh, I probably started painting furniture a good eight years ago, just pieces for my home. And after I'd finished a lot of pieces, it was pieces like dressers for my kids, kitchen chairs, different ways to decorate my home. Um, and then I've been selling painted furniture for the past six years. You are a pro. I mean, you've, you know, if you look at the whole timeline of furniture refinishing, of course, furniture refinishing goes back many years, but there was a a period of time where furniture refinishing um, became a pretty significant hobby. 
and has now become a significant way to earn um, income. And so uh, I think there's been a lot of transition for a lot of people in the last two to three years. Really, the pandemic, I think, opened up um, a lot of opportunity for people to start refinishing furniture. And honestly, that's when I really kicked it into gear. Which is, I was painting pieces left and right. Um, I must have refinished close to 20 desks that year. Desks were definitely a wow. pretty hot commodity in the year of homeschooling and work at home. And so that's, that's uh, with that, it, you know, it became very popular. Um, but, you know, I want to know a little bit more about you. That's cool that you've been refinishing for eight years, six years professionally. But you have a really interesting educational background. And I'd like for our um, viewers and listeners to hear about that. Tell us about your education. Okay. Well, um, I always had a strong interest in math, but I also had a very creative side. So in college, I pursued architecture. So I did graduate with a degree in architecture, but I didn't go on to get a master. So I wasn't on a path to become a licensed architect, but I was able to work in an architecture firm in Hartford, Connecticut uh, for several years there. And I worked a little bit more on the interior side of things. And we did a lot of commercial interiors. And with that, I was space planning um, how different cubicles would go, where offices would be laid out. But I also had opportunities to work with picking paint colors and carpets and different materials. And then in 2017, I took exams, lots of written exams to take uh, to become a certified interior designer. So... Man, that's a that's a cool combination in that math and creativity. <laughs> yeah, I love math. But yeah, my son follows me too. He loves math too. Yeah, well, that's interesting because my son uh, loves math and um, he's uh, studying physics and calculus. And oh, yeah. I sometimes say, I comment like, well, it's interesting math and creativity. And, you know, he often says, well, math is creativity as well. So sometimes we kind of look at math and we compartmentalize it as um, a, a sort of a different field in and of itself when there's a lot of creativity in math as well, especially when you advance into the, um, you know, the calculus and physics and algebra, linear algebra and those, those uh, <laughs> things. So, but you really picked a phenomenal career to dive into because our, obviously architecture, interior design combines both of those, the math and the creativity. So you, you went into a great category for you. It's interesting. I'm a little bit jealous because when I was young, uh, in high school, I took drafting because at that time I wanted to be an architect. Oh, nice. And okay. So, um, I've heard that yeah. from people so, before. I've had many people tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a dream. I think of a lot of people. Um, but that's cool that you, um, that you, uh, followed through and you got your, your uh, bachelor's degree. So to be a licensed architect, then you have to get your master's I would have needed that, yes. Um, and I'm sure maybe perhaps over the years, things have changed. You also need a significant amount of work experience. Um, so I so I worked for several years in that architecture firm, but then when my daughter was born, I decided to stay home with her. So that, that, was, that was quite a long time ago. So I've actually been out of the office, out of the architecture world for several years now. And that's where this furniture painting thing, um, became a creative outlet. Yeah. Well, you've got a lot of experience, um, especially with, um, the whole idea of choosing colors. And we're interested to talk about that. There's a designer, celebrity designer by the name of Lori Dennis, 
And she asked the question, why do we find choosing paint colors so hard? That's <laughs> interesting. So she goes on to say, oftentimes clients have no problem choosing furniture, furnishings, tiles, throw pillows, home accessories, but they become paralyzed by fear when it comes to choosing a paint color. I think and that's true. change is scary and painting an entire wall of different colors, a lot of change. I think many can resonate with that statement from Lori. Um, so today our goal is to become more confident in paint color selection. I know Sarah is going to help us get there. Sarah has five, th five key things to consider when choosing a paint color. And we're going to go through those in detail. And then at the end, we're going to get um, a bit of a bonus on using software editing tools to help choose paint colors. So that's a lot of, a lot of great information here. So Sarah, let's get started. Okay. Um, what is your first consideration when it comes to uh, choosing paint colors? Well, I think it's really important just to evaluate what it is you're painting, whether it's a room or it's a piece of furniture. And you might have some color ideas in mind, but to really just go into that space and understand what the purpose of the room is going to be. Um, for example, we had a room in our home that was a playroom and I had painted it a few years ago in bright vibrant colors and just recently we've kind of realized the kids are getting older we're not using it as much for toy storage or playing it's more of a library so we transitioned that room so as we were thinking last year about what colors or how we wanted the room to look we really started to think about what the purpose of the room was so you can do that with any room do you think that, um, I was thinking about this earlier because actually we're in the process of doing what, uh, what you're saying, uh, we're going to redo our family room and we're, we're wanting to change it pretty drastic colors Okay. and uh, so we're excited about that. But I was thinking about the whole idea of cho choosing paint colors for a room, specifically speaking of a room, you know, just right now in this, uh, particular conversation. And then I was thinking, do you think that that seasons play a role in the paint colors that you choose because obviously it's winter time and it's, you know, it's cold out typically for most people. And one of the things that you think about in winter is you want to, you want to be cozy, right? Obviously, anytime you change a paint color in a room, it's going to be a season. You, you can't escape the seasons, right? Mm -hmm. But I was just wondering about like how that affects like if, because right now we're looking at going with a green. Okay. That's what I painted our, our library back there. I didn't use a green. I noticed that. Yeah. It's going to be more of a deeper olive green, possibly, nice. you know, olive t tends to be more warm. Um, and then the darker color is a little more moody. And I was just thinking just off the hand, I was thinking, I hope it's a situation where we don't do all of that. So now's the time to do it winter, right? But then when mm -hmm. summer comes, we're not like, Boy, it's we have a different feel about the room in summer, but I suppose you can change some of the dynamics of you know like put flowers in the room and I don't know. I, do you ever think about that from a seasonal standpoint that possibly see like you got to really think through is this room going to work all year round? I think the biggest component with that is probably like the lighting, the actual lighting that is coming into the room. So that is something that can certainly affect the feel of the room and even the mm -hmm. feel of the paint colors. And we'll get more into that later too about picking the actual paint colors, um, how lighting can certainly can affect paint colors. Well, I like this first um, consideration because it's not stressful. 
because you're, you're starting off very casually. It's like, well, what, what, what is our purpose? What are we trying to do here? And I think that's yeah. really, really helpful. What's your second? Con- I think absolutely just walking into the room and just really thinking, what do you want to be doing in this room? How do you want the room to feel? Do you want it to be that dark and moody feel um, at any time of year? Do you want it to just be more of a light and neutral or do you want it bright and playful? So what's your second consideration? This is kind of a big one. This is one that I've definitely focused on in the past as well. Really evaluate what is in the room, what is important to you, and what can you get rid of? So in the past, I've done a lot of decluttering as well. And I've led groups through decluttering challenges. To be honest, I'm in the midst of my own decluttering challenge right now. (laughs) After the holidays, it's the new year. Uh, But to really just understand what's in the room. Is it really serving the purpose and the function of that room? Are there furniture pieces that no longer work in that room? Or, um, and this is my furniture refinishing mind popping up here. Is there a piece of furniture that you actually want to highlight in the room? Is there something that maybe you want that to become more of your focal point? I love that. That's really helpful. I like the idea too of decluttering, especially right here after Christmas. I think as you just said, everybody's, <laughs> everybody, you know, there's something about taking down the Christmas decorations um, into January or getting into January <laughs> and sort of like, cause you're, you're starting a new year, kind of a fresh start. And when you move, remove all your Christmas decorations, things look cleaner, there's more space. And, uh, and then you can kind of take it in a step further and start, you know, removing things that maybe you, that you have throughout, you know, that sits around throughout the year and try to, mm-hmm. try to declutter even further. But I love that because as you declutter, it gives you the opportunity to pull out things that you just don't want in that room that, that go back to that first point that you mentioned. Like this doesn't really, this doesn't coincide with the purpose of the room that we want to uh, change, tra- you know, trajectories on. So that I like that a lot. Um, any suggestions with, like, I guess it could go either way, where you just start removing things from the room. <laughs> and I think, well, if we get into decluttering, that might be a whole other podcast yeah. about how to how to jump into that. But sometimes it's yeah. Um, just starting with the bigger, bigger pieces. You don't have to delve into every closet or every cupboard, but um, maybe just kind of looking at what what is actually in that in that room. Um, also, there's going to be some things that you're stuck with in that room, so you might not be buying, planning to purchase a brand new couch or all new furniture. Um, the flooring might need to stay, so there are definitely going to be things that are going to need to remain in that room. Um, so those will be things that will also play into the color selection as well. That's a that's a really good point because what you're talking about there is budget, right? Like how much money. That that does come into play. <laughs> I know a gallon of paint is not too expensive, but when we start trying to replace the flooring and replace all the furniture, it can definitely the budget can go up. So definitely maybe that point should be snuck in there too. Really think about what your budget is for this space. Do you just want to just a fresh look, just a little freshening up of the walls, or are you ready to go a little bit bigger? Yeah, and I would imagine sometimes we've thought about this even with what we have, because like I said, we're changing pretty dramatically. It's almost the color of the room right now is more of a warm, kind of a camel color. And so changing okay, yeah. to a, a deeper olive green, um, that means a lot of things are going to have to change. And so you, you evaluate that, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is our purpose. This is what we're going to have to end up doing. That means changing the paint color, but that also means this new paint color 
the couch, the curtains, do those things go with that new paint color? Right. <laughs> How much are you ready to change? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's probably one of those things too, where you have good intentions of maintaining that budget, that lower budget, if that's what you're on a pretty tight budget. But then when you put it together, it also invigorates your creativity and what you have maybe goes with it, this new paint color. However, you get really excited about the fact that maybe this couch you saw <laughs> looks really good with it as opposed to the current couch that you have. So, um, but you have to, you have to stick with the budget, right? Absolutely. And I think sometimes people can be maybe a little intimidated about working with an interior designer. Um, and they may think that the designer is going to come in and try to <laughs> want them to change everything in yeah. the room and it can get very expensive. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you're ready to do that and do want to change everything. Um, but there are ways to, um, things I've done before is shop your home, like look in other rooms of your home and see if maybe there's a different piece of furniture elsewhere that would work better in this room. Maybe there's simply, there's some curtains in a different room that you actually don't love in the living room, but maybe you'd like them in this other space better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really good uh, tip as well. Well, what's your, what's your next point of consideration? <laughs> well, this one is, um, might seem a little strange maybe, but I think it's just important to look for inspiration elsewhere. Um, you can look at design magazines, Pinterest, and social media. Those can all get a little bit overwhelming though. Obviously people, there's lots of things out there, um, but sometimes it's fun and handy and helpful just to kind of look through things, see what really sparks your interest. Um, maybe you are really loving that olive green <laughs> color that you're seeing in different rooms, or maybe you're more drawn to the more neutral, brighter colors. Do you have any concern or is there any um, warnings? And warnings is too strong of a word, but when people are choosing paint color, you know, you don't want to, I mean, there's a, depending on the size of the room, um, yeah, there's work involved, you know, um, cleaning, wiping everything down, uh, painting, uh, choosing a paint color. Even even paint can is much more expensive than it used to be. So you're spending money on paint. And I know you've got some tips about about choosing the paint as well. Um, but what about the trend trendy aspect? Like, because you don't want to do a room, and then the next year the trends have changed so dramatically that your house looks like it's, you know, right. out of style. <laughs> that your house is all gray and yeah. all gray is now all out. Yeah, I think um, that's a concern for a lot of people. I personally am not one to, to um, necessarily follow trends. However, um, I think it's helpful just to see what is out there. Obviously, there's going to be things from each trend that you might like. So like several years ago, when I did start painting furniture, um, distressed furniture was mm -hmm. or the shabby chic. That was definitely the end look. That yeah. wasn't really my style. That wasn't my preferred style. But I have, since then, I had done some shabby chic type pieces, whether clients asked for them with a little bit of distressing. And I found that I, I kind of did like them. So it's okay to pick and choose different things from trends, but you don't need to go all in or completely change your decor. Um, you know, put up all your farmhouse, you know, your words yeah. on the walls, and then a few years later decide that you need to take them down. But, um, and it's okay. And you don't need to be doing the same thing that somebody else is doing. Do you, in your experience, uh, especially, um, you know, getting out of or getting your bachelor's in architecture uh, and then going to work to do interior design, um, do you feel like over the years that, um, do you see things, uh, 
this is probably not a good question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. But do you see things as becoming <laughs> more trendy? Like, or have there always, there's always been trends with every, every season, uh, every decade? I think there's always going to be trends and things. I think absolutely now where there's social media is such a big push. Um, you're, you're essentially going into other people's homes and you're seeing what they have and they're broadcasting what they have. Um, but somebody else's home is not your home. And I think that's really actually where my heart is as a designer. I like, I want to encourage people just to make their home, make their house their own home and not Good just news. focus on what other people have done or what works elsewhere. Um, Everybody has different family size, different needs for each room, and different color preferences, to be honest. Yeah, I was thinking in terms of uh, really the Magnolia, um, uh, Joanna Gaines, um, you know, they're, you know, when they when they stepped in and really emphasized farmhouse, uh, a lot of white, a lot of wood, um, you know, is that, have you seen trends? Because now, like, we're, you know, white kitchens, I suppose, are always in, right? Because they're... they're. Oh, yeah. No, I think so. And I think there's something about those... Um, I think one thing that the farmhouse style brought in were just some of those more neutral or just calming spaces down, like allowing things just to look a little cleaner yeah. and calmer. And sometimes people, that's just what people appreciate. And um, yeah, absolutely. And some people, that is going to work for them in their home. And for myself, I like to balance a blend of the neutrals and those um, kind of calming colors with a little bit bolder <laughs> colors. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, about probably about five years ago, we redid our kitchen and uh, put new kitchen cabinets in. And before those, the old cabinets uh, were white, and everything was white. Okay, uh, and we liked it. Um, but then we wanted to. Uh, deepen the colors a little bit. And so we went to a, a deep blue and for the cabinets, the new cabinets. And then we went with um, okay. granite, uh, not granite, but quartz countertops that were white. They had the, some veining mm, in okay. it. But yeah. I was thinking about even when we did that then, I was like, I hope this is not one of those things where we, you know, we really like this look. And then, you know, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't stay with us long like we get tired of it but it's pretty it's pretty cool to look back on it we've not tired of those of what we did in that kitchen at all i mean we really like what we did and i think there was a balance there between the dark cabinets and the and the the light countertops yeah no and i think sometimes you're just naturally drawn to different colors um and if you're drawn like to maybe that richer that deep yeah. blue that's just something you're going to see and you're going to enjoy it and I painted my kitchen uh, a few years ago. It was when we moved in, it was a, there were green laminate counters, yeah. <laughs> hunter green laminate counters, and it was oak cabinets, um, a very uh, orangey oak color. So I did paint our cabinets and I decided to go for the two-tone look. So I wanted white uppers to give a brighter look because our kitchen, unfortunately, does not receive much natural mm -hmm. natural daylight. So I painted the, the upper cabinets uh, just a nice bright white, and then the lower cabinets, um, it's a custom color, but kind of a light blue type color. And at the time, I actually painted uh, my laminate counters, and I painted them kind of a marble quartz type look. But eventually, we did replace <laughs> replace them. We replaced them a couple years ago with quartz counters, and this house kind of similar to yours, the white quartz. Yeah, that's... Uh, uh, so do you still have the same 
uh, kitchen cabinet colors? I do. And I, I do still love them. It's been several years now. And now looking at them, I can see some flaws about in my paint work because this was several years ago <laughs> when I painted them and painting cabinets is a lot of work, um, but I'm not ready to redo them. I, I do love my, I do love my kitchen. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I, I, it's, I think that's important for people to realize as they go through this, because we want to, I mean, part of the objective in this is to make it easier for choosing uh, paint colors for your home, whether it's the a family room, bedroom, or whether it's the kitchen cabinets, or whether it's a piece of furniture, but to take some of that stress mm -hmm. out of it, have fun with it, and then to, to not go into it yeah. with, you know, regretting uh, colors that you've chosen, especially if they're dramatic shifts from what you're used to or what you've had. And that's one reason why I want to bring up what we've done, what we're going to be doing. And then uh, you brought up your example as well. So I think that's helpful for people because like, as you said, and as we've said, mm -hmm. we don't have any regrets on it, even though for us, that was about five years ago when we did that. So. Okay. Yeah. So what's your next uh, point of consideration? Well, I think this is as we're starting to really kind of looking into the color itself. <laughs> There's been many times when I've seen people looking at those walls of that wall of colors in the paint store and you know the paint chips are about this big they're very small so what i suggest this tip is to actually look at larger paint color samples in the room like actually in the room so some different ideas with that um i'm able to order for my clients these large mm -hmm. samples i use material bank and order these large samples for clients um, there's also a program or a company called Sampleize where you can order paint colors and it's like a peel and stick backing and you can actually purchase those colors as the actual paint and you can look at those in your room. Um, or if you want to see the real paint, you can buy sample pots of paint. But <laughs> one thing that kind of makes me laugh and I see quite often uh, you know, posted on social media, somebody will paint like 10 different colors, little spots yeah, on yeah, their yeah. wall, like little swatches. That's not great. <laughs> not a great practice for a variety of reasons. One, you're going to have to paint over yeah. that at some point. And if you brush these little, little samples on there, and then you're later rolling the wall, there's just going to be a texture difference there. Um, also, you may not have properly prepped the wall first. You do need to clean the walls and maybe you should give them a slight sanding before you start painting. So if you just brush these samples on, that's not really the proper um, proper pep, prep work for that. Um, but also just, it can over look kind of just overwhelming, look at all these different colors. So if you want the real paint color, you can paint it. What I like to do is paint it on a piece of poster mm -hmm. board. I'll cut a piece of poster board and just paint it on there, paint the sample on there. And then you can hang that on the wall. Yeah, I like that a lot. And that's easy, right? I mean, there's you're saving yourself. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> With these, I've kind of gotten away from, for myself, painting the samples on the poster uh -huh. board because I'm able to get these samples so easily. So as a designer, I have access to this material bank, which is fantastic. Um, so these are large samples and you can look at them. But yeah, it's definitely helpful. Don't just look at those those little samples. So here's a one of the Ben Moore Bandex. Yeah. And when you go to the paint store, this is what you would be seeing, just these little teeny tiny <laughs> samples. So it's definitely a better idea to have a larger sample to look at. Yeah, those swatches give you good direction, but they're not, uh, you can't you can't take that through the whole process. You've got to go to the next step, which is what you're saying to go with a large. And that, that leads back to those people that are painting on the wall with 
you know, with a, a section. And sometimes I don't even think that, uh, I think what you said is a really good point because if you're taking, let's say you went and purchased three small samples and then you're painting them on the wall next to each other, um, that's difficult. But if you paint it on poster board, then you can switch them out because like you said, when you're seeing them next to each other, I think that I, I, to me, that would make it even harder. It does, yes. And then you have the, also have the background color of the paint itself. Um, so another tip, if you are painting on poster board, you could leave some of the white background of the poster board and just paint in the center so that there's a white background. So in your case, you're going to be painting a green color right. over this kind of a tan color. Um, if you're looking at the green directly on the tan, those two colors kind of interact with each other. But if you look at it with a more of a neutral or a white background, you'll be able to see that true, that green color that you're looking for. Well, very good, very good tips. And one more that uh, you're going to share with us, extremely important, I think. Yes, this one, is, yes. And this one goes along with um, looking at the samples mm -hmm. in the room as well. Um, look at it at different times of the day. Um, look at the samples under different lighting and different times of the day because the lighting is going to change throughout the day, especially as you talked about earlier about the different seasons. Uh, in wintertime, we're not getting as much natural light. And just want to look at this different colors at different times of day. And also, um, if your room is on the north side of the face, the lighting's going to look different than if it um, like it's the early morning sun. And it's important just to look at the colors and make sure you like them under the artificial lighting and that you like them under the natural light as well. Yeah. And um, recently I was working with an, another furniture, um, another actually interior designer. She reached out to me to paint some furniture for her clients. And um, she sent me photos afterwards of these pieces that I painted for her, for her clients. And she sent two different photos and they just read so the colors look so different in each of the photos and the background color, the walls of the bedroom were um, Stonington gray, which is just kind of a neutral, slightly cooler gray from Benjamin Moore. And the paint color that we painted two dressers, there was one that was a tall boy and one was a lower dresser. It was Benjamin Moore tranquility, just kind of a light bluey yes, green. Yeah. But in the two photos she sent to me, one of them, you can really see the gray wall in the background and the just look like a hint of color on the dresser. But in the other in the other photo, uh, there was a chair in the corner and there was a light fixture with very warm lights. And it just really changed the look of both the wall color and the furniture. They both looked beautiful. <laughs> both photos look nice, but it just goes to show like how much really paint colors can change under different lighting. Yeah, that's that's so important, and really in today's um, world with lighting uh, features and the new technology with um, you know these lights that are rechargeable, you know, like you can put up a fixture that doesn't have to it doesn't require wiring, right? It looks like it uh, is a wired fixture, but it's actually there. Um, you can hang it on the wall, and then the bulb is actually a rechargeable bulb. But it's interesting that I've seen most of yeah, those yeah. bulbs can go from cool light to warm, uh, cool white to warm white. So you can change the mood even in the bulbs themselves. So there's yes, there's yeah. opportunity there as well to help with the, the mood. But I like the idea too of taking that sample and seeing it during the day, um, in the morning, noon, and then evening and even at night to, to depending on what kind of lighting yeah. you're going to have in that room and how that affects that color. 
Um, I think that's, that's so important. So, mm-hmm. and that all of these things are just really give you the confidence that you need to then begin the process of painting your room. So there's, there's nothing worse than going into it with fear and trepidation. <laughs> like I'm painting and I'm doing all this work, man, I hope I like it. I think I'm going to like it, but, but you yes. want as much confidence going into it. Yes. I think that fear can happen when you simply get this idea in your mind, oh, I'm going to paint, I'm going to paint the living room this weekend. And you just go to the hardware store and you look at all those paint colors. <laughs> and there's definitely been times when I've seen somebody in the store and I've maybe walked up to them and just casually asked, what are you painting? And maybe I've pulled a few paint samples for them. Um, but it can be overwhelming. And, but you may go into the store, you may have an idea mm-hmm. of a race. So I think it's good to just do a little bit of homework beforehand. Yeah. So that's both um, understanding what you want the room to feel like, what you want the purpose of the room to be, and also maybe gathering mm-hmm. some of those inspiration photos just so you know that, okay, maybe I would like a blue room. Or just kind of get a sense of maybe what it is that you're looking for in the room. So when you start looking at colors, you can have a little bit more of an idea about what you're looking for. You know, Sarah, you've got a lot of experience and this this is really helpful. I, I have to ask this question and that is, what are you seeing from a home decor uh, uh, vantage point on trends? Like, are there any, is there anything unique? Are people, are you seeing it from really light colors to dark and moody colors? And then my second question is with that, I've seen a lot more people, and we've done this in a few rooms where you paint everything one color, even the trim, um, to where it's a very monochromatic kind of look. And maybe you paint the trim in mm-hmm. that color in a gloss, but then you paint the wall in a flat, or you could even paint everything in one specific uh, sheen. Are you, are you seeing any of that? Or do you feel like that's uh, out there, or, or is that pretty spotty? Yeah, no. And like I said before, I think trends are... Um... I don't, not that I don't follow them. I do, you know, I'm aware of kind of things that are people like and that are going on, but I think each trend doesn't necessarily fit each home. And I think something like that, even like um, painting all the trim, the same color in a room, that really depends on the actual room itself Mm -hmm. and the character of the home itself as well. Um, And I think it really needs to, each homeowner needs to evaluate that or evaluate it with their designer as far as what would really suit see if those rubs. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's a question too, because, you know, obviously we're so involved in the furniture refinishing community and it's interesting to see the changes that have taken place, whereas maybe four years ago, the distress look was really popular, farmhouse distress. Like you said, it's still there. There are tons of people that like it. It's a great, beautiful style to incorporate in your home. But mm-hmm. what's happening now is things are shifting, whereas it's sort of like, the design um, direction is is expanding, so people are still doing the farmhouse distress look, but then they're they're doing the one color, the high sheen, high gloss pieces, but then they're also getting into texture. Um, there's a lot of texture uh, that's being incorporated on furniture pieces. Um, like for example, Courtney Weisel with Steel Birch Studios did a piece, a dresser not too long ago that uh, she refurbished and she took these wooden balls, cut them in half. Oh, yes, I saw that, that one, uh, your zebra drama. Yeah, she placed, exactly, (laughs) she placed those on that piece. Everything was one color, it was all white. And uh, even the positioning of the, that, those uh, 
those balls on that dresser or that console, it was it was absolutely stunning. So you had this. Oh, that was yes. I'm very precise with her measurements. I definitely my designer eye like <laughs> was, yeah. was definitely drawn to that too. Just the details that she put into that. Well, yes, she does absolutely. a lot of that kind of detail work, but it's usually it creates a form of texture. And then if you do that with one color, it tones it down a little bit, but it gives it a really beautiful look. But I've seen some of that uh, texture now being incorporated on walls and in homes as well as wallpaper stenciling. You know, remember years ago, wallpaper was uh, really popular. Then it's like nobody- It was really yeah, big, no, and then it kind of went away. Exactly. <laughs> it's come back if it can guess. So actually, I did. I added wallpaper into um, into our home library, so I found a very fun pattern that I loved. It incorporated it had blues and greens in it, and yeah, <laughs> so it is Did fun. you do on that? Did you, was that- uh, do they call that the peel and stick? Is it because there's different types of wallpaper out there now? Yeah, yeah, no, I did try use a peel and stick product. Um, and when I've been working with furniture, I've often used uh, peel and stick vinyl wallpaper to line drawers. And there's definitely a difference in quality, and some are much thinner than others. But the paper that I used for my home library here it was a thicker product. And I invited one of my uh, friends over to help me with that. So she and I spent a day hanging this wallpaper. And it has a bit of an intricate um, design to it. So getting the patterns all match up. Um, but we love it. It came out great. Yeah, wallpapering is, um, it, it can be absolutely beautiful, but it, it does require a little bit of uh, tedious <laughs> work to <Yeah>. make sure, <laughs> they, especially depending on what the pattern is, to make sure everything lines up well. The, the mm-hmm. tips you gave, Sarah, were very helpful, and I know that our um, audience is going to find them helpful for them as they uh, embark on putting maybe a new color in a room this year or choosing a, a furniture color or even cabinet colors. But I mentioned earlier um, that we were going to have a bonus uh, at the end of the interview. And so, Sarah, you use software to play with color options for clients. Um I do. Yeah. That's extremely helpful. I've done this for years. Tell us a little Um, bit about that. Yeah. So I use Adobe Photoshop. I've used it for years um, to essentially paint a different color, whether it's on a piece of furniture or on cabinets. Um, Just to sometimes people have a hard time visualizing what a new color could look like. And of course, um, colors on screen or even through Photoshop are not exactly the same as the, the true color that you would get in person, but it just gives you kind of an idea to get started. So I've done this with, um, I know one, I did a dresser last year where I Photoshopped a few different colors onto the dresser and I put it out for a vote to my, to my followers on social media so they could vote for what color they wanted to see. And usually I'm pretty good about being able to visualize in my mind how a piece of furniture could look in a different color, but sometimes doing these studies, it just really helps me as well, or to understand maybe where I could put the color, um, or if I want to leave the drawers in as a wood color. Yeah, I, I guess the really big question that a lot of people are probably having, because they're like thinking, hey, that's a great idea, especially if you are a furniture finisher or a tier designer, or maybe you're profession is painting kitchen cabinets. Is this a big investment, this software that you're talking about? 
for this one, this is, um, so I do use that as part of my business. So it is, um, it is a monthly fee. So it is about $20 a month. So if that is something, um, that you could purchase for just a month or two to play with Photoshop, I would say it does have a bit of a learning curve. You know, like I said, I've been using it for years. So to me, it just is easy. So it is a service that I offer to people, both to my clients or to other people who just want to see a different color on whether it's the exterior of their house or kitchen cabinets. Um, but there are some other tools as well that are um, a lower price point. I know there's this new app that I actually was a beta tester for this app. They approached me last year. It's um, Bristles. IO. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure we get the name right. Um, but they are, um, they do have an app now and it is a small fee to download the app and you can paint furniture with that as well and change it to different colors. I'm just, I'm quite familiar with the Photoshop, so I could love using that. I'll change hardware on the furniture and just give a different look to, and it really has helped my clients envision like what their furniture could look oh, like. Yeah. And it's helped with kitchen cabinets yeah, as well. No, that's extremely important because not everybody has the gift of uh, the ability to to imagine what something's going to look like. And so to be able mm -hmm. to see it visually is extremely helpful. And I will just say too, we use Photoshop here at Zebra as well. But one of the things that I think that a lot of folks, um, and, and this goes without saying in today's world with YouTube, but there are so many tutorials out there uh, if you're a little bit intimidated by getting a software that helps you change, make these uh, color changes, there's a lot of uh, YouTube tutorials out there that will help you with the process and that learning curve. And uh, so you you don't actually yes, offer, sure. do you happen to offer any uh, help helps for people when it comes to, do you do any tutorials? For, any tutorials? Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I haven't made any tutorials yeah. essentially about that. I. Um, well, that's that's something you may want to consider. There's creativity. Yeah. Yeah, though it is. I just want to say, Sarah, the um, the amount of information that you gave us, the insight and simplistic form that we are able to take away and utilize was extremely helpful and beneficial. But I also want to give our uh, audience a chance to reach out to you if they have questions. And so how can our listeners and viewers contact you? Well, they could find me on my website and... It is my name, which and some people have a little trouble spelling, but sarahbazanson.com. Um, or I'm on Instagram as well as Sarah Bazanson Interiors. And yes, no, I am available also for virtual paint color consultations where I can look with you through your room and look at all these, all the color samples. Um, I happen to pull, this is the color of the year from Benjamin Moore, but Lou Nova. Um, but we can look at colors uh, for people who are local. I do offer color consultations in home where I go into someone's home with all the color samples. Um, and typically I like to narrow it down to maybe two to three, maybe four colors per row. Like if we're doing a whole home, um, because it can get kind of overwhelming if you're looking at too many colors at once, or even for a, a homeowner, if you're feeling confident to pick your own colors um, and you might, Pull, and you might look at these four colors and might decide, no, none of them work. Let's start over again. But it can get overwhelming when you're bringing mm -hmm. 20 different colors home and trying to look at them all at once. Yeah, that's a big help. And that's why, yeah, these tips that I gave, they may seem pretty simple, but I think they'll help you just narrow down Visuals. the color choices a little bit more prior to that. And just really think about how you want that room to look before you just jump in and start grabbing paint samples. One quick question before we close. You 
or talk, you showed those paint samples that you can order. Do you, do most of the paint companies offer those? And if so, are they, do they, are they costly? Do they sit, is there a fee for those uh, big paint samples? So these samples, um, I, I'm able to order them as I am an interior designer, so I am in the design field. So that is something uh, Material Bank is a company that offers that. So anybody who is a designer can sign up through Material Bank and they can send samples. Um, anybody, just any homeowner can go through um, like the manufacturer websites like Benjamin Moore. They offer samples in um, this other company that I mentioned, the Sample Eyes. They offer the peel and stick type products where... Um, and I'm honestly not sure how many different paint lines that they offer, but you can order paints there. So I'm most familiar with Benjamin Moore and Sherwin Williams colors. That's what I primarily you, specify. Yeah. Um, but there's lots of different, there's lots of different paint brands out there. Well, and you said this earlier, that was one of your points, you know, getting a piece of Bristol board or something and painting on that, um, the the all of these paint companies offer these small paint samples at a, at a at a reasonable price, so it's easy enough to create your own paint sample if you don't want to take the time to figure out how to order. It, it. is true, yes, um, and you can go to say a big box store like a Home Depot or Lowe's, and they have small small paint samples. They essentially they col they could color match to like a Benjamin Moore or a Sherwood Williams color. However, it's maybe not always a hundred percent accurate. It might be fairly close and you may not you may not notice it so it kind of depends on how close to the color you want if you want the actual true like benjamin moore paint color then you should stick with the benjamin moore samples and the benjamin moore paints um but if you're if you like the benjamin moore color but it doesn't have to be that exact exact you could use paint from another right. company as well well we don't want to take up any more of your time you've been extremely helpful today and you've given us your information so um, listeners and viewers, if you have any questions for Sarah, I know she would be more than happy to help you out in any way that she can. And so thanks, Sarah, for taking the time. And you've got a lot of experience. We'll probably have you back on to talk about another topic within home decor and uh, furniture and finishing. Get, are we going to get into that decluttering topic? See, that's a really <laughs> important one. So definitely we'll have to to talk about that further. I think there's a lot of folks out there that... Uh, would like to do it. Maybe they're struggling with how to do it effectively for in the in their home. So we'll we'll definitely pick that topic up. But uh, thanks so much, Sarah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. You take care. You too. Bye now. The Zebra Review category theme for January 2024 is buffets. Our featured judge is Katie with Katie Cloud Home. If you have refinished a buffet from January 1st through January 31st of 2023, simply use the hashtag ZebraBuffets. Also, make sure you are following all of the judges along with that month's sponsors. This is a requirement to enter. Katie will pick her five favorites, then the remaining judges, Jen with Perfectly Imperfect Furniture, Lauren with Portland Row Living, and Jen and Amanda with The Vintage Sisters will vote out of Katie's selections to choose the three winners. This month's prize sponsors are Lily Moon Paint, Dean Lawless Hardware, Surf Prep Sanding, and Zebra Painting.
Thanks for joining us. We are grateful for each of you. All links to artists will be in this week's show notes. We can't tell you how encouraged we are when we hear from you or when we read your reviews on one of the podcast directories. Speaking of podcast directory reviews, would you consider leaving one on your favorite directory if you haven't already? This helps tremendously in our ability to reach more people as well. It is a big boost to our ranking. As a thank you for leaving a review, we would like to send you a small gift. Simply screenshot your review and email it to me, laneball at enjoyzebra.com. Put podcast review in the subject heading and include your full name and mailing address. 